Welcome to the next episode of Learning Unbox. This is actually a special episode of Learning Unboxed, Learning Unboxed Special Edition. And we are recording a number of these very brief, quick Learning Unboxed specials uh, to meet a very particular need. Um, and today we're going to be talking with um, Kat Diener, Past Foundation's Director of School Design and a veteran remote worker. And there's been lots of conversation um, in the last few weeks, uh, both um, here at home and around the world about how on earth can we possibly collectively work effectively remotely. And Kat, welcome because you're really good at this. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So Kat, let's, let's start very quickly with how long have you been working remote? I've been working remote for about five years, I would say, give or take a little bit. And, you know, as everybody's kind of wrestling with this, um, the notion that I've got my kiddos in my house, I've got my work to do, schools are closed. This is a whole brave, new, strange world that we're in right now. And the thing that I think that people really are craving is some tips, like some really meaningful tips, because again, you've been doing this for a number of years. So let's start with, you know, what are the, the, the big giant tips that you have for people who are just beginning to have to wrestle with learning to work remotely? Absolutely. Working remotely definitely takes a shift in how we work. Uh, I would start off by saying, for me, when I started to go remote, it made me really think about how I use my time. It made me think about how I dedicate and allocate um, what I spend my time on and what and how much. Um, but the very first thing I realized that it was important for me to dedicate a workspace for me that is designated, this is where I'm going to work, free from distraction. Especially if you're working at home, distractions are all around. Um, so uh, having a dedicated workspace was really important for me to at least start off with. Good tip. And I, th I think I've seen some people posting online of, hey, here's my workspace. So I, I think folks are kind of in that mindset. You know, I'm used to having a dedicated workspace when I'm at work. I have my spot. And so people are trying to recreate their spot. So I, I think there's a sort of a, an innate uh, sort of need to do that. But so once I have my spot and I'm, I'm set, I'm ready to go, I have my tools with me, how do, how do I manage my time remotely? It's so yeah. easy, especially when I'm at home, to get distracted. The refrigerator's calling me, the munchies, my kid needs a thing, my dog needs to go out. How do you do that? Sure. Well, I know over time, my space has moved within my home. So I do have the, um, I would say the privilege of having a door, which was is really big for me. I have a door that I can <laughs> shut, right? So that was how helpful for me. So that when I walk into my office, I'm now working. And when my door is shut, I know that I'm working and my household knows that I'm working. Um, so if you don't have that door that you can shut, maybe it's a screen or maybe it's a, a portion of your house that you can carve out where you actively physically go into a space um, and, and start to work. I know at the end of my day, I also have a ritual that I, what I do and it, and it's a little funny, but it really helps me to close out my day. I, 
I close down all of my windows and my, in my workspace. I walk out the door and I say, my work is done and I'm moving into family life. Right. And so I need to be able to separate um, my workspace from my family obligations and my family duties. Uh, and it's really easy to have those lines blurred when you're working remotely. So there are little tips and everybody's going to work, figure out what works for them. But that, those are some tips that's worked for me. I need a designated, designated space, a place that I have a door. And then I do these little rituals where when I walk out the door, I say my day is, is done with work and now I'm moving into my family, my family life. Yeah, that's really important. And it really, really, really is easy to allow those, those times to blur. Oh, you know, five more minutes, 10 more minutes, right? And then you're suddenly, I'm still working. And then the other thing is about, you know, how, how do you stay focused and avoid the distractions? You know, so for me, one of the things really tough is the, the pinging, I guess, if you will, of someone constantly trying to get me in a chat or a text. And, um, you know, at past, we, we use a collaborative working set of tools and, and they do, they, they ping you. And, you know, now that everybody is collectively doing a lot of remote work, you know, it's, it's hard for people I think to think about hey it's five o'clock I shouldn't ping somebody so how do you stay focused and avoid distractions a couple things going on I always want to be available to my team members so I appreciate that we have a workplace chat I also know that it's important to designate certain times in the day to focus on different portions of work. For example, I have a time that's allocated in my day that I want to have my my meetings that we do. Um, and then there are times in the day that I want to focus on deep work. So those reports that we need to do or developing online content or our resources that we provide for the educators we work with, all of those things. So I think deep work, is important and I will close down my chats. I will let the t my team members know, hey, I'm not gonna be available for the next two, three hours. I wanna focus on this. Is there anything you need from me before then? I'll, I might even block it out on my calendar that says, you know, do not schedule deep work in session or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say, I, I do that same thing, right? So very, very deliberately, um, if I have a thing I need to do, I put it on my calendar. Um, you know, I, I live by my calendar, including, you know, even in this sort of rem uh, remote work environment, because I'm used to being up in our facility, walking around and moving and doing a lot of things all day long. And one of the things that I've noticed is I'm now parked at this artificial workspace and I'm not up and around and interacting and being social or just, just quite frankly, physically moving. And so I even put um, 20 minutes of yoga in the middle of the day on my calendar. So A, I'd remember to go do it, but B, also so that I could block out um, some of those meaningful times for me to be able to do things. So right. how or, or what tactics do you use to stay connected um, to your colleagues? And, you know, because one of the things that folks are already talking about, and lots of folks haven't been too far deep into this sort of global remote working sort of phase that we're in right at the moment. Um, but how do you maintain a sense of community? Because you and I have had this conversation. Hey, don't forget me. I'm over yeah. here. I'm not sitting in the office with you. So now nobody's sitting in the office together. Uh, so they get to feel a little bit of your pain. But, but what are the tactics that you have to be a community in a virtual world? 
Yeah, it, it, that's a big one. And I'm constantly figuring out how is it that I maintain the connection to the community, to colleagues. Um, so one of the big ones is consistent meeting times with the team where it stays consistent every week. Maybe it's every day where we can touch base. Um, maybe it's for 15 minutes or maybe we need a, a 45 minutes. But there are these designated times that we know that we're going to come together as a team and just think through what needs to happen or what we've done or bring each other up to speed. Um, so that's an important piece. The work uh, chat is really important. Uh, so we talked about turning that off to do deep work, but I live by that. I'm able to connect with team members uh, very quickly and then they can respond back. So that's another tool that's really important. Um, and I would say that there's also a level and an element that I have deep appreciation for our team members that they don't forget me, right? If we have a virtual meeting mm -hmm. and everybody, or I should say a meeting where everybody's face to face and they need to bring me up um, on, on a screen, I rely on on our team members to, to bring the computer into the room. Mm -hmm. um, right now that we're all remote, we're all faced with that but uh, on a on a daily or weekly or quote in a normal circumstance I do uh, heavily rely on our team members and I appreciate when they remember me um, and so it's touching base it's regular communication it's making sure that we're all communicating regularly and effectively um, through all of our tools yeah and I and I you may not realize it because of course you're the remote one um, oftentimes in that sense but it is pretty funny here at PASS because we do make a concerted effort to be very inclusive in, in that way. And I, every once in a while, you know, the, the, everybody will get together and then suddenly there's like, hey, um, somebody needs to go get Kat, right? <laughs> right. And it's right. like, go grab that laptop and bring her over here. Kat is sitting right here on, on the work table with us, right? And so we do do that. Um, and so part of it is becoming part of the sort of cultural fabric of who you are as an organization right? And that I would love to think that as folks start wrestling with this and they really, really figure that out, that there's this collective set of tools that they use, but there's also a collective culture that they're very intentionally trying to create. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Absolutely. Effort. And you have to be very, very deliberate about it. I do really like the fact that you mentioned that you have these sort of set times that we bring folks together. Um, one of the things that we are, we're also, I think, doing a good job with is saying, look, it's not just your normal team, your division that you're assigned to, but every project has a team or collaborative element to it, right? And so we have set aside um, moments where that collaborative team, that project comes together. Whether you need to meet, you know, for more than 10 minutes or an hour, it doesn't make any difference. There's value in that 10 minutes or that 30 minutes or that, that hour um, being all of you together in the virtual environment. There's lots of different platforms that folks can use, not advocating necessarily for one or another. But the reality is those tools can be very effective if we're deliberate about them. Absolutely. And I think it's important to, to also note that our tools don't necessarily have to be in real time. So we think about our collaborative tools that we do a lot of shared uh, documents that we're working on it together so that we might not be in the same room and we might not even be meeting at the same exact time, but we could be working on documents or projects collectively. So using those tools and those platforms and how you can share is really important in a virtual and a remote setting. 
Yeah, it really is. And I think that, you know, for me, sort of my parting shot, I guess, in this conversation um, is I think that we also do a great job of because we have these tools and this collaborative set of online tools is something, whether we had remote folks or not, we, we use it internally and we yes. use it every single day. So it is out of fairness, part of the fabric of our being. But I think that the other thing that's really important, and I, and I believe this is one of the reasons why this folks have not been really phased about the sudden sort of forced remote working that's going on right now is because in addition to all the documents and the meeting time that we do through that, we utilize that tool to share what's happening with us individually and as a group as past in that space as well, right? So we post photos of the funny things that are happening around the office or in the space or in the, in the meetings or the things that we're having that we, we document a lot of work life. I agree. I agree. And I, I think that connects us to each other in work. It does. It does. And, and the platform we use, the social media platform we use internally helps me stay connected. Mm -hmm. So those photos that we post, whether or not we're in the field or at the labs that passed, it allows me to see what everybody else in the team is working on. Uh, so I, I really appreciate that pictures are, are, are really helpful to get a pulse on what everybody's working on and focused on. And it lets you see what they see in that mm -hmm. workspace, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. There's something to be said for that. So, so Kat, as we wrap up here, um, you know, in, a, in an effort to sort of keep this brief and informational, um, do you have a parting sort of bit of wisdom for anybody who's out there thinking, oh my gosh, I just don't know if I can do this? Yeah, I guess I would say, yes, you can. You can do this. It may take uh, a shift in thinking about how we normally do things. There's some planning on the front end. Uh, and, and I'm hoping to that we were able to provide some tips where there's some dedicated um, workspace that you have, um, thinking through uh, being disciplined with our time um, is really important and you can do this. It just takes a shift. And I think as humans, we're innately problem solvers. So this is just one other problem that we need to solve for. Um, and it's a good challenge. I think it's a challenge that we can all rise to the occasion. And it, and it may prove to be a challenge that some folks come out of this on the backside saying, hey, I love that. I want to do more of that on a more regular basis. And others are like, oh my gosh, I never want to do that again. <laughs> and the reality is we're probably someplace in the middle and we've all learned something from it. Yeah. Yeah. We're all very different people. We are indeed. Thank you so much, Kat, for making time and sharing your experience as a remote worker. Yeah. Thank you.